overcoming mental blocks to achieve your business goals, overcoming mental blocks to achieve your business goals. Um, the talk here is aimed at whether you are an entrepreneur who um, has started started a little, small little operation where you're seeing if you can make money out of it through to if you're a nine figure business owner uh, who wants to buy their own private jet or whether whatever. But if you uh, if you're somebody who's a nine figure business owner with um, with your own private jet, I'm wondering what you're doing on Clubhouse today. Again, everybody is welcome to the stage. Just be aware um, that we are recording this session. So there might be people in this room um, who wish to contribute towards this. And they might actually help you with your with your own self-promotion and that. And that's absolutely fine. Um, I'm a, uh, my name is Darren Shaw and I am a neuro-linguistic programming, uh, trainer in the United Kingdom. Um, I've been in the field of neuro-linguistic programming and coaching for the last two decades, for 20 years, 20 years, never taken a day off. And one of the, um, one of the most uh, powerful things about neurolinguistic programming um, and the kind of coaching and the stuff that I do, uh, which might be different from other speakers later on uh, do, is the, the the skill of being able to help people overcome or remove or go around or step over their mental blocks in order to, in order to achieve their their business goals. Most of the people, many of the people who I speak to, um, have uh, such goals. Uh, thinking about uh, aspects of their business and all this sort of stuff. And here on Clubhouse, there's a hell of a lot of people, millions of people, um, who uh, the only reason that they haven't been able to go forward in their business is because they've got some kind of uh, mental block that's getting in the way. The amount of people, um, and hello everyone who's just entered the room, the amount of people that I've met who they run a business, but they're scared of money or they do marketing, but they're scared of Instagram or they, um, they want to create a product or a service, but they're scared of creating new things and being successful. You know, this is such a common thing. I've been there too. Um, I learned from somebody called Ori earlier on. I should share aspects of me. But um, seriously, I've been there too. There, there was once upon a time when I was absolutely terrified to go it alone, terrified to start my own business, terrified to become an entrepreneur. I was totally afraid. I was afraid of money. I was afraid of success. I was afraid of failure. And when you're afraid of all these different things and you've got these sorts of mental blocks going on, what's the best thing to do? stay in a safe, secure job. That's right. Let somebody else pay um, your taxes for you and, and pay your wages for you, you know, saves you going out there and doing that. Um, again, just a, a fair warning. Anyone that does come to the stage, you are um, going to feature on a podcast recording and you're going to be an absolute superstar and famous out here. Uh, and stuff. Um, so anyone who wants to come to the stage and get involved in this discussion, um, I would love for this to be more of a discussion telling you how the world works. Um, I can do that. I can sit here for three hours and talk at you about mental blocks and that. Um, but I don't know how useful that would be. And I'd love for this to be uh, an engaging uh, conversation talking about mental blocks. So we're really just talking about mental blocks and hopefully in the, in the context of, of, of business. On that note, welcoming Michael to the stage. Michael, do you have a share or do you have a question? Just want to get involved in the conversation. Hi, Darren. Um... First of all, thanks for uh, inviting me to the stage again, and uh, lovely to speak to you earlier this afternoon, and lovely to speak to you again as well, and uh, hello everyone. Um, so just a bit of, a bit of context, I'm uh, a trainee life coach. Um, I do have a day job which pays the bills, um, but coaching is what I want to work towards. Um, and my um, 
I guess I, I'm commenting really because I've got a, a bit of a fear and also a bit of a, uh, a resolution. <laughs> so in terms of mental blocks, um, I use a lot of meditation um, to overcome that. So if, if focus is lost or I get a bit of self-sabotage, um, I, uh, I use a lot of meditation and, um, and uh, try and analyze what my... Um, uh, what my inner critic is and then question that inner um, and give myself a realistic answer to so you know um, when I first started out when I first decided to do coaching you know can I really do it is it something I'm good at and I you know I looked at well you know the compliments that I've received from friends in the past. Sorry, I, I, I'm not going to blow my own trumpet. This, is, this isn't my, I, I have to speak, so I'm not going to do that. But, you know, compliments I've received in the past, but also um, that I, I wanted to do it. I wanted to work with people. And that is the solution to my inner critic uh, in that respect. And that's what I use combined with meditation. So, you know, confidence, boosting affirmations and things like that. Um, but I do have a, I'm jumping between topics here just so that I don't, uh, I know other people want to speak, but in terms of the fear, and this is something I'm dealing with at the moment is, um, it's putting yourself out there. So, uh, in, in your previous room, Darren, you know, um, I mentioned that I, I listen a lot and I'm good at listening. Um, I'm good at active listening and that's something that I'm, I'm really happy with, but, I'm conscious that I need to put myself out more. <laughs> so, you know, talk more, blog more, things like that. And so that's something that I'm uh, trying to to, to um, manage on. Thanks for sharing, Michael. Um, Michael, just a question. Uh, and by the way, this isn't... Um, actually, no, I'm not even going to say that. Uh, I, I was going to ask you, have you come across the concept of well-formed outcomes at all in your training yet? I haven't yet. I'm. I've just started uh, coaching models, um, uh, so I think I think we're uh, maybe that's maybe. Um, obviously, I'm aware as well that different different training courses are different, and you may or may not um, be. Uh, yeah, you may not may or may not be trained in that sort of stuff. But it's something worth looking into if it's something that you're not aware of um, yet from. Uh, I mean, this is a thing from NLP. Um, it's just this idea that you can have something that you want out in the future. But what happens is a lot of people, when they make goals for things that they want out in the future, there's a few aspects um, that people sh should maybe consider um, that might help you to, to sort of formulate what it is you want. Um, as opposed to what you don't want and it's got these sort of five elements to it where you you know whatever it is you want in the future you state it in the positive you make sure that it's something that you actually really want um it you're, you're very specific about what you want um there's sensory evidence so you'll you'll know that you've achieved it but in in terms of what you will uh hear and feel and sort of know inside yourself <laughs> Um, when it's achieved um, so for example when when you go out into the 
when you go out to the future and you think about certain aspects of uh, things that you're trying to achieve in life, um, you'll only know that you've gotten there because your senses will tell you, um, oh, oh, I can hear such and such saying such and such to me, or I know that I've achieved it because I'm saying certain things to myself. I know that I've achieved it because I've got a certain feeling in my body in a certain specific place that enables me to know that I've got there, so on and so forth. Just some of the stuff that you're saying made me think that might be a useful um a useful thing to to to, to learn um uh in terms of waffle and outcomes you said you, you said a whole and um, while you were talking you said uh, a few different things that you that you want um just one of them just what uh, and different coaches in the room might have heard different things but just one of the things that you said was about putting yourself out there okay so that's the outcome if that's the outcome if if you made that into even more of a well-formed outcome what would that sound like uh, or what would that feel like? How would you know that you're now uh, putting yourself uh, out there, uh, and so on and so forth? Just in case anyone in uh, anyone else in the room is wondering why I'm leaving out the visual uh, aspect, um, it's just because uh, Michael is um, is visually impaired. Um, do you prefer the word blind or visually impaired? I I never know which word to say, Michael. Do you know, uh, uh, <laughs> we had a debate with this because I I train people as well. That's the the day job at the moment, and I. Um, I'm happy with anything. I'm, I'm a, blind is I'm happy with blind, you know. <laughs> but uh, uh, I know that there's a lot of PC that can come with this, and some people will say visually impaired. I'm okay with blind. Um, I think I think if like, you hit it on the head, you know, um, and 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 it's it's one of those things. It reminds me of aims and objectives. I, I did teacher training uh, about ten years ago, and I don't want to get sort of too much into that because that you know i'm moving away from that anyway but i guess you could argue that the same concept to a degree comes into play uh because obviously as coaches we would set an action plan almost um and that's maybe that's what i need to do more so in terms of getting my my message out there getting my um you know getting my 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 business offering out there you know, I, I know what the business is that I want to do. It's just, it's just having the confidence to, I mean, I've, I've had a couple of clients from word from word of mouth and things, but it's, um, it's having the confidence to go out there and publish something on the web and get a domain name and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's, um, uh, it's, it, I think that's, that's what I need to do more of. And I think mm -hmm. it's just having a, a plan to, to do that, um, uh, I think there is going to be more of that in my in my course that's that's coming up because they right at the start of the course uh, they do ask you know what what is your niche what's your business idea um, and I I I, I didn't um, I didn't have a chance to answer your message at the time. In the previous room, Darren, and I'll, I'll go quiet in a minute so other people can talk. But it, it is NLP-based um, coaching that I'm doing, so we, you know, it is an NLP approach, which is um, that's certainly helpful from you know from your the rooms that you're. Doing. Brilliant. And again, Michael, thank you for being here. Um, even though I'm going over to Manny in a second, I want you to to maybe think about this question just in the background. Once you have already achieved. Uh, your goal of being out there, um, noticing 
um, once you're out there, obviously there's there's a reason that you're doing this, and there's there's maybe a certain um, section of society which you, you you wish to serve. I know a lot of people don't like niching down because it means that you're sort of cutting off um, certain other people and that. But once you've already achieved your goal of being out there, I'm just wondering um, how you'll know what what evidence you will sense and how you know that you've already got there. So maybe that's worth uh, considering the background. Just as we go over to Manny. Manny, hello. Do you have a question or a share or you just want to get involved in the convo? Oh, thank you. Uh, all, all of the above. You know me. <laughs> so, like, uh, this is Manny and um, I'm, I'm a uh, computer scientist and I do a lot of, like, artificial intelligence and um, programming and system uh, uh, engineering automation. That's my main work. That's my day job. And uh, also my passion is the NLP and getting to know the mind, you know, how are these three pound computer, biological computer works. And it's very fascinating with the new, with the current technology, with neuroscience uh, achievements and the synopsis that we make in our brain and the flexibility and mind plasticity. Uh, it's really amazing that, that this hardware is just basically can program itself. And when it uh, puts the attention in the right direction. It can rewire itself. And once it rewires, it generates new thinking process. So it's a self-evolving. So it's just like when you think and you put your attention into certain things, the brain changes, and then the change of the brain will generate new thoughts. So that's my passion. And regarding the creativity, uh, it's that's a tremendous subject. You know, Thank you, Darren, for that. That's an amazing subject. And I'm really like looking forward to like listen and learn and really break that uh, procrastination and just like be yourself and just like manifest yourself and be out there and be you. And when you do that, the people will love that. And then they will, you're going to get some feedback. The people are going to join you because we need that. We need true self. So first we have to get to ourselves and find who we are and really manifest ourselves and then share that. And that's a genius. That's one of the Emerson quotes. Like, you know, that's a genius. What is true in your heart and you feel is true and it's true for everyone. And that's a genius. So that's something like that. He has a quote. He's in my bio, that quote. And, and that's very important. And then one of the other things is uh, crucial is that uh, is, you are in the information age. You are getting bombarded with information. It's so much distraction, so much information. We get lost. We lose our individuality. And then we go to that mode of like, uh, uh, like being like everybody else, conformity mode. We, we become conformed, we become like everybody else, become part of the animal, become part of that herd group mentality. So if we go against that, the societies usually, we, they don't hear you. And that becomes so, sort of frustrating, it creates this frustration within us and it really creates a lot of problems. So we have the problem of creativity which you go against the society, sort of not against like a, you express yourself and sometimes you can get knocked down. You can get a lot of resistance and you want to express yourself. And sometimes nobody hears you and that creates a frustration and it scoots you and you just say, oh, forget it. I'm just going to be a hermit. So I think that's one of the key things here, these key patterns that between that hermitness and sharing yourself, there's a resistance. And, uh, I would love to hear about that and have more stuff to share about that, but I'm going to let Darren, uh, you know, maybe that's one of the things I wanted to share and we can probably talk about that. 
and how we can break that procrastination and become yourself and manifest yourself. Money, I'm finished. Brilliant. Thank you, Manny, uh, for being here. Um, uh, Manny is a very high-level um, uh, neuro-linguistic programming operator um, who trained under one of the founders of NLP, uh, John Grinder. Um, so, and Manny, I fully understand everything you're saying when you get all technical and stuff. And I'm like, damn, it's Manny again. Yeah. And do you know what? There's, there's, a, there's a, a subject that you just brought up a moment ago, which many people in the room would be aware of, whether you've experienced it or you're aware of other people who've experienced it, that subject of procrastination. Um, when I, yeah, when I meet people who uh, experience procrastination and, I, and um, the other moderators in the room of modded you because I, um uh, because of who you are and what you do um but what's it called when i come across people who have procrastination firstly uh, in 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 the work that i do in the field of nlp um this the the word procrastination is is considered what's known as a nominalization it's one of those words which um which makes uh, sense to one person in one way and another person in another way and one of the things i tend to i tend to think when i meet somebody who says that they experience procrastination is i'm just like slow down slow down um i'm not going to go too deep into this now because i, um, I want to uh, let blanca introduce herself in a moment and uh, give her opinion um on on the room subject um but procrastination um it, it's good to be aware of what it means in in latin um the word pro, pro we've seen the word pro in other words pro means forwards or towards uh, a particular thing pro something and crestinus means tomorrow so uh, somebody who procrastinates is things who put the people who put things off till uh, tomorrow or the day after or the day after so my first thoughts with people who say they do procrastination is i'm like in my mind i don't say it out necessarily out loud but i'm thinking slow down because if you keep putting things off uh until tomorrow it means that you're putting off in favor of something else so if you just just slow down for a moment and look at all uh, look at all your different priorities all the different things you've got to do and take time to maybe map these things out um very similar to to, to what michael's uh, considering in terms of how he can map out what he's doing um then that might be something else of use. But in the meantime, introducing uh, Blanca, uh, would you like to just introduce yourself and uh, give your opinion on the topic, Blanca? Yeah, sure, Darren. Uh, lovely to be here. So first of all, money. I love to see another techie person on a stage. That's so awesome. I work in IT full time and I'm a hypnotherapist and RTT practitioner, a smart part-time practice. And I kind of actually have both aspects of IT and hypnotherapy. I call myself that I debug the mind. So I'm debugging the minds. I'm finding those little bugs that sit in the mind, same as I do in my line of work as software tester when I basically look for everything that can be wrong with particular system or program product before we give it to the users. Um, so that's a bit about me. And on a topic, I would actually go a level back or almost like take a step back and think about the personal aspect because we are not going to achieve anything if the internal talk is negative and putting ourselves down and like not receiving any praises or not being open to compliments. How do I know this? Because I used to be that person. I used to be my worst critic ever, like everything was negative and just spinning it around and be like, okay, it's a mistake. It's okay. What can I learn from it? 
instead of my old talk, which was like, oh my God, I made another mistake. I'm horrible. I'm failure. I'm never going to achieve anything. It can just change so much within our minds if we are kinder to ourselves and if we appreciate all these little things that we do and just seeing, you know, like actually what is good about everything instead of looking for the stuff that might go wrong or try to overthink or maybe even catastrophize things. So for me, it's the positive self-talk. It's this aspect of I already done so much. I went through so much. I am amazing. I'm excellent at what I do. And once we actually feel like this about ourselves, then we attract people on similar energies and people who want to work with us. And there's just such a, how to say this? It's such a mind blowing aspect for me that all starts with me because I used to look for inspiration everywhere, mentors, coaches, personal development workshops, you name it, I've done it. But once I stopped and actually started focusing on me, it changed. And sometimes it's just about slowing down. So that's my take on it. I'm Blanca and I'm complete. Thank you so much, Blanca, for being here. I know just how uh, precious your time is, because obviously I know you're in the real world here in London, and Blanca's either in the gym or she's seeing clients or she's doing, I don't know, mindfulness yoga stuff or this, that, the other. So the fact that you're here, uh, giving up your precious time, um, it means a lot, and 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 I know just just how much you value that. So thank you again for being here. Um, hello to Clarissa. Hello again. How are you? Um, do you just want to introduce yourself to the room? Let everyone know what it is you do, and um, just give everyone a bit of something on the topic. Hi, everybody. So I'm Clarissa, or Coach Bell, as I am known here in my field. I am a purpose and empowerment coach. I also deal a lot with trauma, but I specialize in that aspect of it. I more specialize with women. And um, I do a lot of group sessions compared to some persons who only do one-on-ones. But my specialty is usually group sessions. So it's, you know, corporate or, you know, youth groups, those sort of things. And yes, I am a certified NLP coach. I am a certified life coach, and I'm also a certified NLP practitioner. And as it relates to the subject, I'm going to have to do like Blanca here because it starts from within, as in yourself. It gets personal before it gets professional. And for me, is that years ago, before I'm in the position or that I'm in now, I had, I had this, I had limiting belief challenges. So for me, I didn't realize that, you know, it's okay to... To, to make a mistake. It's okay to procrastinate because what is, for me, I look at procrastination, fear, and all those other things that people see as negative, and I invite them and have a conversation with them. So what information are they trying to tell me? What is it that I'm missing that these emotions are popping up? So it all is all a matter of perspective. It's how you ch- how we choose to look at 
the way our body, our emotions are responding to any given situation. And for me, that's what happened. I, I started allowing myself to, to st take a step back and try to understand, okay, why am I procrastinating? Is it that my body's tired? Am I, am I getting ill? Is this why I'm, I'm putting things off because I need to rest? Or am I afraid of something because there's something actually there to be afraid of? Or is this the story I'm telling myself because I'm right at the point of success? So these are some of the things that, you know, for me, me as it relates to overcoming mental blocks those are some of the things that work for me also the big whammy for me was um finding my why finding my purpose finding you know what what matters most to me because what a lot of people um fail to understand and this is something that i teach in my corporate sector is that if we as managers ceos etc etc leaders if we don't understand or try to understand what our employees whys are on a personal level then we can't get them to fight for the corporate level or the business goals because they'll be fighting for our dreams but not necessarily have a reason for doing it they won't have a why for doing it so for me you know i grew up pretty much you know i would say humble beginnings and i didn't really have a why and so for me i just pretty much did everything everybody said but there was no meat full meaning to it i only did just bare minimum as they call it and then for after a few years when i gave birth to my son i realized that hey he was my why i had a reason because i wanted to provide this for him he was the reason i was doing everything so that helped me to break some of the mental blocks it's understanding my purpose and understanding my why for me becoming a mother became my part of my purpose like my number one purpose becoming a mom having a son helped me to understand that he was my why that i had to show him that hey even in this world anything is still possible even though i'm a single parent anything is still possible you can have all you need to have you just have to be able to go after it so overcoming mental blocks is based on for me like i said having that conversation with yourself what identifying what feeling emotion that is you're being faced with or that you're fighting against because sometimes we're fighting against ourselves we're fighting against inner me as i, I like to call him and there's no point in fighting it because then you'll constantly have that friction and you won't get anywhere. You'll be in that same, what I call that hamster wheel cycle. You just keep going around, going around in that same emotion or feeling and not move forward into accomplishment. Whereas, you know, identifying it, just trying to understand what information is this thing feeding me and then move from there because it's only until you have all of the information or majority of the information then you'll be able to know how to act accordingly in order to accomplish or break mental blocks and that's what i have to say and i'm clarissa and i'm done speaking oh clarissa i love what you just said there but um it's only when you've got all the information that you'll know how to act um 100 in alignment with that and I'd say it goes for whether you're doing work with other people and gathering all, all the information about what's going on in their head in order to know what to do uh, next with them. And it also goes for ourselves. Um, I'm sure you agree. Um, recently, for the last uh, two or three weeks or so, I've been relaxing and taking my foot off the gas metaphorically with um, one of my uh, business projects that I've been working on. Um, I, I literally work seven days a week uh, running several different operations at once and um, about a month ago I was just like you know what I'm getting brain tired right now and the way that I feel I'm going to stop everything that I don't want to do everything that I don't think is completely essential um, so I could just sort of back off a bit and, and gather some more information about what specifically I want to do next I'm not sure about others in the room but it's the last here in the last three months of the year 
I think it's really, really important to be extremely uh, focused. You know, we none of us in this room have any idea what's going to happen next in the in the external environment. Um, so it's a really good idea to sort of like be focused on on, on what it is we're doing and whatnot. Um, so yeah, at, at the moment. Um, and again, yeah, at the moment, um, there's a hell of a lot of people in the world that have got mental blocks because, well, you know, there's some very interesting things happening in the world at the moment that that kind of sort of invite uh, that sort of response from a lot of people. There's a lot of people right now who have no more faith in the outside world, got no more faith in their goals because everything went wrong, got no more faith in themselves because they had a plan and it's all gone sideways or or whatever. So. I would argue that um, just at a guess right now in life, there's probably more people than ever who have mental blocks more than ever in, in, in well, in my lifetime anyway. You know, I'm pretty sure during World Wars One and Two that would have been quite quite a heavy thing. But in my lifetime, this has been one of the deepest uh, periods ever in terms of people having mental blocks. Um, almost all of my friends uh, here in the UK um, have suddenly stopped uh, progressing towards their goals um or have uh, things to be sad about and and stuff and, and and it's quite an overwhelming sort of thing at the moment so i think having these conversations um in terms of how do you become how do you overcome mental blocks to achieve your your business goals now i'm pretty sure there's some people in this room who are a bit more pragmatic about things like how how do you do it how do you overcome mental mental blocks so if those of you on stage are happy to sort of move into that domain let's talk about the how now, obviously, um, those of you who are on stage who are coaches or NLP people, um, you'll know tons of ways to, to go about doing it. But um, has anyone on stage got any practical um, practical advice that you would give to somebody um, about maybe a, a, a really simple step-by-step approach to, 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 to removing mental blocks or at least addressing them? Um, uh, so on and so forth. So earlier on, I, I touched on well-formed outcomes really, really quickly. Um, but has anyone on, on, on stage got any advice about mm, overcoming mental blocks that could be given to somebody who isn't necessarily a coach or whatever? I'm just thinking about aspect of writing stuff down. Oh, by the way, this is Blanca, sorry. <laughs> um, because I don't know about other people, but sometimes if I like think about too many things at the same time, I get into this state of feeling overwhelmed. And if I constantly just keep it in my head, then I stress out about it. And I just constantly remind myself, I can't forget this. I can't forget that. And then I actually forget. And my manager will tell you this happens more often than not. So I get into this habit of having like a daily planner and just writing everything down and then ticking it off, or even if I have like an idea, just jot it down and get it out of my head because then I create space for more. And these anxious thoughts and feelings, oh my God, I, you know, I can't remember what I was supposed to do. Uh, they are still there a little bit, but much less. So I would suggest writing stuff down and just putting it down on a paper because paper can take anything. This is Blanca and I'm complete. I agree. Writing stuff down. I do that all the time. Um, did I do it today? No, I've been on Clubhouse today. Um, yesterday, I was writing down some uh, some stuff that I wish to get done before this year is out. Um, 
Yeah, I was doing, actually, no, I was doing some writing today. I was typing today. So earlier on, I was thinking about um, some uh, some classes that I'm doing um, uh, within the next month. And I was literally writing down some ideas and getting it out um, to, to sort of get rid of some of those mental blocks. I think um, I think what it might be, uh, Blanca and everyone else in the room, about sort of writing things down is our, our brain, your short-term memory. So this is cognitive psychology stuff. Um, but your short-term memory, your mind can only hold so much information in any given moment. So if you're constantly in your mind holding on to this and that and this and that and this and that, and you're holding on to like 10 different goals all at once, da, 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 you're going to forget aspects of some of your goals. You're going to mess up aspects of others because your mind can't, your mind can't do it all, all at once. Um, it literally just can't, you know, he has to keep shifting about from goal to goal to goal to thought to thought to thought. So when you, um, when in, in, in the moment you get a thought out onto paper and you externalize it, um, it, it just helps because then that creates more space inside your mind to think about other things that are more, more pressing, more in the moment. Obviously, the thing with that is you've got to remember to look back at your notes. I used to have this really, really severe problem. Um, with my memory where I would write things out and externalize them and then I'd completely forget that I'd wrote written the thing out and completely forget forgotten the list that I um, that I made of, of things so now I I've got a whole bunch of different systems to remind me to look at a certain list or to remind me to look at certain objectives whether it's my personal ones or my business ones so definitely writing things out I think that's that's a really really amazing one uh, thank you for sharing that Blanca um, those of you in the room I hope you're externalizing things where you need to um, anyone else on the stage anyone want to comment on what um what blank has uh brought up uh, yeah yeah that those are uh, awesome points you know and uh i really uh like that writing it down and um uh, and then sometimes you forget to write it down you know sometimes i go to my notes and i read my notes oh my god did i write that oh my god what a profound thing i did or i captured and i for totally forgot it and then i want to i always re like seem like this rediscovering things so that mythology, you need like several ways of keeping track. Like I have an Evernote, I have a Google Keep, I have a whole bunch of other to-do lists of the Microsoft. So you have all these different combinations at Work Outlook. So I have all these things and sometimes duplicated that you have to have that core things. Like, you know, what is the phase? What is, uh, what is the core thing I'm looking at, like personally, like I want to achieve? And what are the five, six things I want to think about? And I want to put my concentration on because that's my intention. And I want to make that happen. So, and then I just like write that like a, a constitution of the United States uh, somewhere. And that's because my principle and my constitution, like that seven habits uh, book is, has that very uh, nicely written in there. So I really like, try to follow that and remind myself daily. And sometimes you change that map, you know, your mission, set of mission. And the business, the same thing with the relationship, with the same thing. My son relationship, same thing. My habits of like nutrition, my physical activities, like getting in shape and like all, and my art, uh, my programming, my mu playing music. So all these different categories are like the roles that I'm playing. These are like the categories I care about. And I try to have the mission statements, like submission statements for each and remind me daily. And that really helpful for, for that, you know. And uh, one other thing is like when you are stuck in some states that there's no way, we have this kind of a brain thing, like left brain and a right brain, 
you know, so the left brain gets like very logical, very like a sequential thinking, like A, then B, then C, then, and we are, we get stuck in, in that uh, state a lot, you know, and then the right brain is kind of non-sequential. It's like a random access memory, just like can jump any, everywhere and it's very holistic and it looks at things. So you need to like sometimes shift your brain and that reminds me of this uh, uh, Einstein quotes that he says, uh, let me bring that quote, that he, he says this, we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we use when we create them. So that's from Einstein's. We cannot uh, solve our problems with the same thinking we use when we create them. So that's so true. So like, like we have to like shift our brain perception, like from the first perception to second perception to the third perception, from the left brain to the right brain, and completely change our state. Uh, and so we get different resources. Money, I'm finished. Oh, yeah. Crikey, Manny, man, your brain, your brain, like, I love it when you do it, man. You, you shift from, from thing to thing to thing, and it's all the same thing. Uh, and it's all going in there, conscious, unconscious. Um, for those of you that are really uh, high-level NLP people, um, you'll, you'll recognize uh, some of the stuff that we're doing in this space. And again, it's all about mental blocks. It's all about getting rid of those things or being aware that a block is just a block and there's things that you can do with those blocks. You can move those blocks out of the way. You can change it from being a block to being a bump, to being a fence, to being whatever it is you want it to be. You know, even the wording of this room, calling it a mental block. Is it a mental block or is it something else? Is it a belief that's getting in the way? Is it a value? Is it a behavior, a habit that you have, a habituation that's getting in the way? Uh, what is it? Is it really a block? You know, don't don't take the room title literally. Um, what would you refer, prefer to see your mental stuff as, you know, as opposed to a block? I'm just wondering. Um, there's a, a guy called Michael Perez that once told me that sometimes it's useful to just see things as a little bump because at least bumps you can get things, you can get over. You can step over them. A little bump is just a little bump in the road and you can just go boom, boom and you can just keep on going. Again, is it really a mental, um, a, really a mental block? so on and so forth right um a room reframe i know on the rest of uh, clubhouse they do things called room resets we don't do them in here because this is the nlp room so a room reframe um this is a space where we're talking about everything to do with mental blocks um to achieve your business goals this room is being recorded so if any of you want access to this recording after the fact um, whether to listen to it yourself or cut out the bit where you were speaking, if you happen to be on stage or you just really want to go over some of the things that we've we've spoken about here today, um, feel free to just DM me the word, whatever, I'm joking. Um, no, it, seriously, um, if anyone wants a, a copy of this recording, just let me know um, and this will be uploaded to a page where I um, upload many of the other clubhouse rooms um, that I do and facilitate um, where you can get lots of other juicy stuff as well as this one. Um, so on stage right now, we have Blanca and Clarissa, who are both um, professional coaches in their own right. And um, uh, Blanca is also an RTT um, uh, person who does rapid transformational uh, therapy related stuff. Um, and Clarissa is over in her neck of the woods uh, doing her thing. And as you can see, she's featuring on an amazing event, which you can see in her profile picture. So we are all people that do this, um, not like we, we, we do this because we love it. 
we, we, we do this because we love it. Um, some might say that some people are passionate about this stuff. Um, loads and loads of passion in it. Um, but we do we do this stuff because we love it. We love helping people. We love helping people to remove their blocks or bumps or challenges or whatever it is. Um, and I don't know. I don't know why Blanker and Clarissa do it. Uh, I would love to hear from you guys what you think. But I I love helping other people to remove their mental blocks um, because um, I well for a number of reasons. But one for me when and and I'm asking to the motivations of of you coaches now um, and Michael and Manny. I'd love for you guys to chime in us as well. What's your motivation for helping other people to remove their mental blocks? My personal motivation is that once upon a time when I had loads and loads of blocks, there's been many times in my life where I wish, I only wish that I had the kind of help that it is I now provide. And because I know how much of a need there is in the world um, for people like myself um, to do this sort of work, I step um, fully and heavily into this and I do this every day of the week. There is no days off for me uh, when it comes to personal development, whether I'm removing my own uh, mental blocks and a thing or somebody else's and that. So my, my, my passion and the, the, the thing that I guess drives me is that I know that there's, there's a need for, for the work, for this kind of work. So I just continue to do it. Uh, Blanca and, and Clarissa, what's, what's your motivation for helping um, other people to, or, or yourself to remove mental blocks to achieve your business goals? Uh, Blanca here. I just love to see the transformation. Like somebody has been in this state of getting stuck and just not knowing what to do. And then you have a session with them or a couple of sessions and you can just see it like in front of you, either in person or on Zoom screen. Like the person literally transforms in front of your own eyes. And it's such an amazing feeling just, you know, to see that they got it. They, they like understand what you are telling them. They finally can see that, you know, there is other possibilities in their life. They don't need to be stuck anymore or they don't need to have, I don't know, particular illness or something. So I just love to see them to have this aha moment, almost like a light bulb goes up and it's like, wow. Yeah. I get it now. I can change. And it's just beautiful. So that's Blanca and I'm complete. Thank you, Blanca. Man, you you make me think now. I'm just wondering if anyone else in this room remembers a time in their life when they they didn't know uh, a particular thing. And then all of a sudden, it's almost like their eyes were opened. And then all of a sudden, they were able to achieve whole new things because their eyes were open to something that they did not know before. Ain't that just a great moment? Oh, God. Um, Clarissa, what's what's your motivation for helping other people remove their mental blocks or and doing it for yourself? My motivation is I take my job very seriously as a destiny helper. And I say destiny helper because I honestly believe that everyone has a purpose. Everyone has a reason for being, for existing. And we all have gifts, talent that were, that were brought here to solve the problems or the challenges of this world. And in doing so, you know, there are a lot of persons who, who are in that space where they're lost. They're, you know, they don't know where to turn to. They, they actually need someone who really can either listen to them or go beyond just listening, but coach them to their next level. 
And that is that is one of the reasons why I would say it's not something where you just, you know, it's not a sideline thing. It's not a hobby. You just take it up and you put it back down. There are people out there who are really dependent and really willing to be open and vulnerable because they want to get to their next level. And in order for them to get to the next level, they have to first be able to, you know, unlock those blocks, those mental blocks that are hindering them from moving forward. So for me, it's knowing that there are other people in this world that has that has purpose, that has gifts that the world needs. And if I stop doing what I'm doing, then how will they be able to unleash their best version of themselves in order to build a legacy? Because it goes beyond our generation. It's it's our generation. It's the generation after us. It's our children's children's generation. It's leaving a legacy. So that is my that is my um, my motivation every time. Because I'll be honest, there are times when I'll be like, oh my goodness, do I really have to do this again? And then I start thinking about wow, there's a lot of people who's depending on me to shine so that they can shine as well. You know, it's, it's, it's knowing that people are literally out there waiting, wanting, hoping that somebody would like that, you know, scratch that match for them. So that's it for me. And I'm Clarice and I'm done speaking. Oh, Clarice, knowing that there's, uh, so when I, I have a question for you, Clarissa, when you, um, it's like a modeling question, really, when you have that moment when you realize and you remember and you remind yourself that uh there's people out there that that need you to show up for them how do you go about doing that what goes on in your head is that like a voice that you have in your head that reminds you or do you have like an image and a big gigantic vision with a choir behind it like what's going on so you know talking on an nlp sort of level what's sort of going on in your head when you remind yourself um of that fact that there's people out there if you don't mind sure i hope you're ready you need your tissue <laughs> Because it's not, you know, a lot of fireworks or anything like that. It's not a pretty sight, to be honest. Um, in 2016, that was pretty much what I called my lowest moment, where I was literally in a situation where I, I couldn't see my way out of. I was crippled on the floor, not not physically crippled, but mentally crippled on the floor in my room, crying tears, wasn't eating, wasn't sleeping. My mind was literally going from me. And I remember calling out to God and I said, God, if this is what real pain is, I let me feel all of it now so that no one else feels it for me, feels it for themselves. So allow me to feel it all so that, you know what, nobody else has to feel this. So every time I, I think about, you know what, I had enough or I want to quit or this is too tiring or it's too hard, that's what I think about. I think about that pain, knowing that I can help someone be ushered past that pain or I can help someone avoid that pain because I've gone through it. I know what it's like. And I, because I've gone through that process, I can now help someone else go through that process or get them to avoid that process altogether so that they can, you know, come out on top. So it's not, you know, the party or the choir singing or anything like that. It's just remember always being humble enough to remember that, hey, there was a moment where I really needed someone to show up for me. There was a moment where I was in my most broken state and I made a promise. I made a vow that, hey, Claricia, you're doing this now. You're going through this now so that no one else has to. So that's what it is for me. Wow. Well, you, you had me worried there when you said I'm going to need tissues. I was like, oh, man, do I need to quickly run to the shop and get some Kleenex? <laughs> That's a brand we have over in the UK. <laughs> Put some, fling some Kleenex on the table and start crying. But no, I, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Actually, while you were sharing that, you reminded me of um, something that used to motivate me. I, uh, I've got 
all different types of motivational strategies. But you reminded me of a time in my life. I, I remember when I was about, oh, cracky, I was about 19 years old and um, and I was homeless living on the streets and I was um, I was on a bench um, in, in, in London and uh, what was it? It was raining. It was cold, freezing cold. And I was on a bench. And I had nothing in the world but a, a, a little bag on my back with a few things in it and and, and a bike. And um, I looked up into the into the sky while it was raining. You know, when you look up into the sky and it's raining, obviously the water is dripping into your into your eyes, so it's kind of hard to keep your eyeballs open. Eyeballs, eyelids open. Um, but I remember being being homeless and lying on a bench and and staring up into the sky, and just being like, "Oh my god." If I can survive this now, if I can smile now, if I can feel good now, then I'm going to be all right for the rest of my life because this is horrible. And it was my lowest moment. And I remember just staring up into the sky and just smiling and just being like, wow, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to be all right. Um, and then ever since then, I've been absolutely grateful for absolutely everything that, that happens. And, and Carissa, thank you for sharing um, uh, your story there because it's making me think, oh, crikey. It's almost like we sort of look back on some of our most painful moments um that's a really good strategy actually yeah i'm loving that uh, like i said i haven't used that strategy for a little while but it's a really good one looking back on some of our most painful moments and realizing just how resourceful um we can be that, that's a that's a really good one to to sort of self-motivate so thanks um let's do a uh well actually michael and manny is there anything that you wish to contribute to uh, to this thing or have, have you like because uh, i love what clarissa just said a moment ago so i just want to stay on this for a moment you know being able to reflect back and look at our most painful uh times in the past or or, or tough times in the past and, and realizing just how resourceful we are um is that something that any of you guys have ever used in in your processes i think um uh, there's a couple of things actually uh, that, that jog my memory and um uh, i'll try to make them brief one <laughs> One of them was um, uh, so when my when my parents died, and um, and it's only like over the past couple of years that I've actually dealt with that. Um, and one of the things that kept me going actually was was just how lucky we are to have what we have. So my parents died in you know two thousand and eight uh, when when my dad died. I met my wife after I'd got a family and all those kind of things. Uh, and I realized how lucky I was. And, and that's what keeps me going um, as well as, um, I mean, that, you know, that's, the, that's the personal thing that keeps me going um, in conjunction with the, you know, the meditation, um, which I, I mentioned earlier on, which that, that I, I started meditation about five years ago and that also, helps me with that um and i think it it depends on your um what you're experiencing at the time so so for me if it's a personal thing it's probably likely and that i'll go with you know gratitude um so this this is journaling um uh you know so i'll um I, I do I do a lot of journaling, but um, I think my problem is is what what's what someone said a little while ago uh, is that I um, and I'm one of these people I I make I set reminders for other things you know for professional things for 
you know, for, for, for family related events and things like that. Um, but I, I need to set reminders for me to read back what I've written. <laughs> so, um, and I think this, this is what comes into looking back on, on what your past and what that means, uh, because, um, I've got strategies for that, you know, so I can look at how lucky I am and, and what I have and use meditation and, and use journaling. Um, and it's remembering to, to, it's remembering to use those tools, I think. So and I, I wanted to, I know it, it's going a little bit, I think it's going 10 or 15 minutes back in the conversation. So apologies to shift it back a little bit. Um, but to answer you, your, your, your um, question though, Darren, yeah, I, those are the three tools I use, but I think the final one, the journaling is what I need to remember to read back on. Um, meditation and um, gratitude, though, is certainly what, what works for me right now. Journaling. Crikey. You know, I've tried journaling. It, journaling is a great thing. It's a really, really good thing, but I keep forgetting that I was doing journaling. Remember what I was saying earlier about my, my, my um, having to remind myself of stuff? I'd literally have to put a, a, a what do you call it, a reminder on my phone to remind me, oh, Darren, you need to journal today. Um, so I've, I've, I've tried it multiple times, and it does work, definitely. Um, but it only works if you remember to do it. Um, uh, thank you for, and Michael, yeah, don't, yeah, we can backtrack as much as we want. You know, we're on subject of talking about mental blocks and stuff. Um, me personally, uh, one of the things that I do instead of journaling is I, I try to surround myself with people who are um, an energetic match for where I'm at right now and where it is I'm going. So there's a couple of people in this room who, yeah, there's a couple of people in this room who I love to be in the company of because they help me um, to, to, to remember who I am, what I'm doing on, on, on the closest level. So, for example, oh, Blanca here. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, there. So, so Manny's one. He reminds me to stay upbeat and stay friggin' hyper <laughs> and, um, and stay very... That's very right. Oh, there's always one in it. We've always got one. Oh, crikey. Um, uh, Blanca as well. Uh, Blanca's always finding uh, ways of using her 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 her, her energetic skills to to remind me um, of of sort of emotional stuff. Because Blanca, Blanca, you're more on the on the sort of energetic emotional side of things, and I'm trying to stay out of emotions all the time and say, no, we must follow the rules. We must follow the technique. And and you're like, well, yeah, sometimes we need to slow down a bit, give time to process. So um, thank you, somebody I keep in my life for that reason. Dina, who's in the audience as well. Um, Dina uh, is, uh, you know, Dina, Noman, these are people who help me to, do you know what I mean? So one, that's one of the things that I do. I'm very, very mindful and careful of the people that I have around me. Very, very mindful indeed. Um, and th this is this is part of my way of journaling, if, if you like. But I need, I need real human beings uh, to help me. Um, remember so the people that I have around me they're almost like they're anchors they're, they're people who remind me of certain things that are important um, if you like uh, Manny did you have something to say on that oh yeah um, that that's beautiful like you know it's good for us to surround us ourselves uh, with, especially we have to bounce things off the people we're very close and are congruent and are energized and are in a state that we can learn from them, you know, and we can grow. Uh, at the same time, sometimes you have like people who are like not like that, 
and are very challenging. And then we don't like to be, and they drain you. But sometimes those people who drain you, you see something in yourself that bothers you. So like they can help you to learn even more to like uh, change your belief system and shake it up. I just wanted to share a very quick story about mental block thing. I'm like regressing a little bit. Like I, uh, I'm not a professional like helper, but I help everybody. Like when I talk to someone, I feel like, you know, I want to like make their lives a little bit better. I want to make them feel a little bit better. You know, that's my purpose of my life. That's my pattern. I just like, you know, Everyone I encounter, I want to do that. You know, I want to share that love, you know. And ever since I've been doing that, it's like coming back to me. You know, I feel like people are more responsive, more open, and more loving. And one of the things is we had this lady, and she was, like, miserable. Like, every day she came to work. In the morning, she was, like, in a bad state. She used to be vibrant, but she was in a really – and I said hi to her. She was like, Ugh. you know, she didn't want to talk. She, like, avoided me. And I said, you know what? I want to – get to her why she's like that you know and then i just smiled at her and i said oh you want like this like coffee i just brought her coffee i brought her stuff and uh, and then she was like in the, and then gradually like daily things she started like opening up a little bit and then she started like sort of smiling at me i said oh wow you know that habitation and i started like com- uh, stroke a conversation with her i want to make it short don't want to take too much time and she basically got, went through the bad bad divorce and devastating divorce and she loved this house she loved this house and she was losing the house to the husband because they had to split the house and she was miserable she's like you know all my life i did these decorations i did all these uh, changes in the house i love this house it's close to my work it just has vibration and now i have to sell my house i'm gonna lose my house and she was devastated and he's like giving me a hard time and he wants his money. He wants this. He wants that. And she was like going, you know, and she was like sharing that with me. And she was in this block state. And I was like, you know, and I just like didn't do any NLP thing or any kind of, a, I just like, you know, it just came to me in my intuition, just gave me this, you know, and I just like snapped it back to her. Like, like sort of like that can, uh, like, I cannot do this. What stops you? Like that kind of a model operator thing. Maybe that NLP helped me in that situation. And I said, like, what can I challenge her to change that frame that she's in right now? And I just came up with this. I said, why don't you just buy the house? Just get a loan and buy him out. Give him, like, get a big loan because you have a good equity in your house and just pay him. Just pay him that equity and then you can maintain your house. Just get, get and then it's going to be your house. And then she just like, was stunned. I, her face was so puzzled. She was out because I saw the eyes was going crazy left, right, left, right. The macro muscles, everything. You, you could act, actually see her brain is like transforming. Like that was a lovely thing that uh, Blanca said, like that transformation on their face when they see that light. Oh my God. I was like looking at that moment. And I was in ecstasy, you know, and then suddenly she starts smiling and she starts crying and she's like hugging me so hard. <laughs> if somebody from outside sees us, like from co-workers, so what's going on between you two? But like that transformation, like and every day she was like, she was a changed woman. And I think that one question did that. Like, what if we just buy the house? Pay him off. Like those kind of the things, you know, like those are, 
I love the, I mean, that question was earlier and Bianca just beautifully, masterfully transmitted that message that yet yeah, that transformation on the people's faces and that impact that you do that, that's really motivating. You know, I love uh, sharing those kind of things. Money's out. Thanks for sharing, uh, Manny. You're making me think while you were telling your story. I wonder what, I wonder what bullshit stuff was going through her mind uh, before you came along and said whatever you you said to her. Because this is this is what we this is what we do. Whether it's NLP we do or coaching or whether it's just you know we don't do it professionally and we just say stuff uh, that helps other people. Because um, I want I want to expand this conversation out and just go a little bit deeper. You know, mental blocks are usually covered in that bullshit that we tell ourselves, the crap that we tell ourselves, beliefs, you know, the, the beliefs that we're, we're, we're holding on to very strong, even though it doesn't make any bloody sense. Um, and I'm sure everybody on this stage has had an experience of recognising that they've had a belief that once they actually address the belief, they're like, oh, I've been telling myself this crap for how long? How many years or months of my life have I been wasting <laughs> believing this crap? You know, and then the moment um, I, I I don't know if anyone in the stage, and I think this might be helpful for people in the, in the audience. Like, you know, does anyone in the stage or anyone in this room have have an experience of a time when you suddenly realised that something that you believe is complete and utter crap? And the moment you realise that, you're like, oh man, get out of my head, you're gone. I can see Clarissa going mental. I'm over um, here laughing. Like this is. As I always say, we are great authors. We tell the most ridiculous stories, especially to ourselves. And one of the things that I like to do is that I would actually write down what I'm telling myself and then read it back to myself. It's almost like having somebody reading it to you. You're like, what? As a Jamaican say, you fool, fool. (laughs) So it's like, yo, what on earth am I really telling myself? Because these are how we, we really feed our limiting beliefs when we tell ourselves these stories that aren't true. They're just things that we make up inside of ourselves because our brain is trying to protect us from whatever it thinks is going to happen. Yeah, man. That matter. So, yeah, that stuff. Like We're, go- we're going deep now, people, because uh, so far, I think in this conversation, we've been keeping it quite shallow and quite, and quite simple. But you know what? Let's not play a small game. Let's talk about the bullshit that we tell ourselves. You know, sometimes I meet people, right? Um, and again, there'll be people in this room that can resonate with this on one side or the other, or, or the other, where I, I meet people and that person that I've met, lovely person, great. I love being in their company. They're absolutely amazing. I wish I could spend every day just chilling with them and chatting with them and reasoning and talking about life and da da da. But then that person might come out with a sentence such as, I don't think I'm good enough. And I'm there thinking, say, about, huh? What? Say what now? <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, and yeah, we, we tell ourselves these things. I'm not good enough or nobody's going to want me or nobody's going to buy my product or these other things that we tell ourselves and then we believe it. You know, sometimes when people say these sentences, I'm thinking, crikey, are you going around every single day of the week with your unconscious mind um, constantly telling yourself, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I'm not valuable, nobody's going to love me, uh, I'm terrible at this, I'm no good at that. This, this is a, in, in, in the field of psychology, psychological sciences, um, what, what I do and Blanca does as well, um, we, call, we call this self-harm, like, that's, that's self-harm, man. Crikey. Could you imagine if I was sitting here talking to, to you guys in the room right now and you heard me come out with a sentence like, 
I'm really, uh, you know, I'm not very good at what I do. I'm, I'm terrible. I'm not good enough. Some of you guys would want to jump on me and, 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 and shout and scream and be like, yo, Darren, what are you saying? Stuff like that for? My God! You know, this, this, this stuff that we say to ourselves sometimes. I've been there. I've been there every now and again. Sometimes, like, because I think a lot of people have an assumption that, um, have a massive assumption that when you become a coach or, or a trainer or any of the things that, that, that some of us guys do, that, that it all goes away. It doesn't. You know, you can remove a bunch of limiting beliefs, but every now and again, something else will pop up from your unconscious mind to remind you that you're just as human as any of your clients might be. You know, us coaches, we, we, we hide it and we don't tell everybody what, what, what limiting beliefs have, have suddenly shot up. Um, but what we do is we might sit with it. I don't know what you guys do, but we might sit with it for a little while and say, hmm, that's interesting. Or we might let it fester for a while until it gets big enough for us to do something about it. Or when we're really, really on our game, uh, we just do whatever it is we do with our skills and we, and we just find ways to just get rid of it um, using utilising our skills. But that's obviously if you've got the skills. But if you're somebody who doesn't have that kind of training and you don't have those kind of skills, you know, those thoughts that you've got going around in your mind, I'm not good enough. Look, I'll be I'll be totally and utterly straight with you and I'll I'll share something with you that, you know, is it's just it's just a thing and it is what it is and it was what it was and it ain't what it ain't no more. Um I'm here I live in, in London in England, um, in a very specific context in the country that I live in. And for many, 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 many years, um, um and I don't wanna delve too deep down this path for obvious reasons, which will come clear in a moment. For many, many years I didn't do many things like business and certain projects or certain activities. I didn't do many things. And I thought, I can't do X, Y, Z because I'm black. This is a common, 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 common thing for people from um, from my specific culture. I know that it's, it's different in different cultures. African-Americans is one, Africans another. I'm Caribbean. I'm a Jamaican, uh, living, um, live, born and bred in, in England. And this is one of the things, oh, people aren't going to like me because I'm because I'm uh, Jamaican and I'm black. Or, people, or I can't do a certain business because I'm black. I can't be a, a coach because I'm black. I won't be able to succeed in this thing because I'm black. I spent most of the decades of my life, I've been so real with you, right now and other others others in this room will have your own version of this i can't do such and such because i come from an, an abusive background i can't do such and such because i'm a because i because i'm a woman i can't do such and such because of what i've experienced in the past these things that we say to ourselves which seem true because you know our past experience uh, says statistically that it's true and our brain works on a statistical thing. You know, it's happened every single time in the past. Therefore, it's true. But what would it be like if you suddenly said to yourself, do you know what? Up until now, this thing has been true. Yes. But what would it be like if I started moving through the world as if that crap that I say to myself is not true? It's not really true. It's just been my experience so far. What would it be like if I went out into the world and I really fully owned being myself and, and I didn't hold on to that belief anymore and I, I had a, a different, much more empowering belief that would allow me to, 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 to go forward? You know, one of the biggest type of mental blocks is, um, as Clarissa, as you quite rightly pointed out, limiting beliefs. Beliefs that when, when you think about it, it does not empower you. So I argue if there's people in this room that say, oh, I can't do this because I'm not fit. I can't do this because I'm not um, I'm not the right colour. I'm not the right gender um, because of a disability that I've got, um, because I've got the wrong people around me, because of because of the race that I come from. Bullshit. Bullshit. I quit my job this year. Those of you who know me well, you know, this this is the truth. I'm speaking now. I quit my job this year um, when I decided immediately to start saying 
I'm sick and tired of some of these beliefs that I'm using that are holding me back and stopping me from becoming the NLP trainer that I really want to become. I turned around to my boss and I completely and utterly burnt my bridges. Told my boss, I was like, yo, boss, um, I don't like you. You're an asshole. You're always asking me to do things that I think are, um, are highly inappropriate, illegal, don't want to. Um, you're trying to overload me with work. Um, if you don't talk to me with a certain level of respect that I believe that I deserve in life, because again, the way that I was allowing my boss to talk to me in my job, it helped to contribute towards this negative belief that I had about myself. My boss would always talk to me how he thought that you should talk to black people, black Jamaican people here in England. He was like, Wagwan, Darren. You know, at the Christmas break last year, uh, my boss, he said, hey, Darren, hey, what are you doing for Christmas? Maybe we should meet up and, and hang out and have a spliff together. Say what now? <gasps> Yo, Wagwan, Darren, yeah, rude boy, you don't know. Yeah, my boss, he was an Asian guy from, from Bangladesh, but born in England. And he used to talk to me how he thinks that you should talk to um, to people from my culture. But the moment I realised, there was something about him doing that that made me think, this, something, something about this work environment is not contributing towards my, my personal and professional development. The moment that I realised that I needed to shift my environment and that I needed to shift my behaviour and no longer allow certain people to be able to talk to me in a certain way. I needed to no longer allow certain people to be in my life um, or around me if they couldn't adjust to the fact that I now know that I need to grow or whatever. The moment I did that, in April of this year, I just said, you know what, I quit. I quit. I quit living that life where I've got certain negative, um, um, disempowering and limiting beliefs going through my mind, holding me uh, stuck and holding me back. And again, there's people in this room that can attest to it. The moment I quit, I was here on Clubhouse. Um, I was like, hey, everyone, for about two weeks, I was rinsing it. I was like, oh, everyone, I just quit my job. Hey, everyone, I just quit my job. I was telling everyone. I was putting it out there in the universe um, because that mental block had to, it had to be gone. And I had to let everyone know it was gone. I had to let my family know. It was, and people were like, oh, how's, how's everything going? Pandemic. I was like, well, I've just quit my job. The first thing a lot of people are saying at the point is that like, you did what? There's a pandemic on. And I'm like, that's an interesting belief, uh, underlying presuppositions and beliefs that you've got going on there. But um, that mental block that's been holding me back my whole entire life, it's now gone. Uh, do you want to be a part of my life going forward or do you not? Um, and I, I remember I was rinsing it for about two weeks here on Clubhouse and telling everybody that I know I've quit my job. Then after about two weeks, I realised that um, not that many people are actually interested in me and my life story. So I stopped saying it. Um, this is the first time I've said it um, and, and told the full story uh, in a couple of months. But the moment that I released those mental blocks, my life completely and utterly transformed. I am not the same person that I was um, whenever April was uh, six months ago. I've completely transformed uh, mentally because that mental block is gone. Everyone in this room, you know, we all know, you know when a mental block has been completely shifted because you, you suddenly realise you're a different person mentally. Um, and by the way, I'm sharing this not because I know on Clubhouse a lot of people like sharing their stories because they like the sound of their own voice and whatnot. But I'm sharing this because I'm hoping to inspire some of you guys. I, by the way, I'm not encouraging anyone to quit their job all of a sudden. I'm just saying when you shift a mental block in your life, a really big one, when you go for a big one, everything transforms everything looks different everything sounds different everything feels different on uh, you know externally and internally um and i'm just wondering if anyone else on the stage has a, a really gigantic share that they love to share has anyone on the stage had a time in your life when you removed a mental block and everything changed for you uh, uh, clarissa you mentioned about um giving birth um earlier on and, and finding your why but is there anyone else in the room that is happy to share a, a big one a time in their life when they removed the mental block and it changed absolutely everything and it, it made them be able to propel forward uh, michael go ahead 
Yeah. Um, uh, having the ability to say to myself that I'm actually a good dad. <laughs> and uh, I can laugh at this now, you know, eight years on. Um, but when my daughter was born, um, I had a, a major confidence drop because, you know, I was worried about, you know, holding her in the right way, feeding her properly, you know, making sure I was supporting my wife properly, all those kind of things. Um, and, um, and this went on for the first, I think, three or four months that, you know, that she was born, you know. And, I mean, the nightmares were terrible, you know. I, I don't, some really weird nightmares that I can remember, you know, even now, you know, of, of dropping her, and it was horrible. Um, and the best thing, actually, that my wife did was she went out one day with my mother-in-law, and um, uh, and I've written an article about this as well, so that this is somewhere else on the internet. But um, uh, well, my wife did the best thing, which was basically, you know, it was all amicable and everything. There was no arguments, but it was a case of I'm going out with mum today. I'm going to leave you with, you know, with the little one. And within 10 minutes of her going, I felt absolutely in control and absolutely fine. And it was just having that ability to, um, you know, while it took obviously a contributing factor to help me get to that point, um, and we still talk about it now, you know, um, the, 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 it was just absolutely life-changing, you know, and, and when inseparable now, there's no, there's, there's no issue at all. It was just, you know, my wife went out for the day, uh, did a bit of shopping, watched, you know, watched a, a show, came back, and I'm like, yeah, little one's fine. We've had a nice play, you know, done the bottle and everything. And um, and ever since then, I've been able to admit that you know I'm a good dad. And it's but I think it stems from and I and I guess this comes partly into asking yourself why you got to that point. And um, and I think for me it stems from being told that you've got to be the best that you can be. You know, when I was growing up, it was. You've got to be perfect. You've got to do the absolute best, you know. And because I was so scared of getting it wrong, I was scared to try. And sure enough, when I was left to try, I was also left to get it right and, and admit that, you know what, there are some days where I will get it wrong. But because I'm okay and I'm happy to admit that, it works. And it was like a eureka moment, you know. And it's, you know, I haven't got it right all the time, but... You know, we don't as humans, but um, but it works and it's great. And uh, I'm Mike and I'm done. Thank you for sharing, Michael. Thank you for sharing. Sometimes, uh, sometimes it's through story and sharing that we can, you know, help other people to to maybe have have their own thoughts and 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 whatnot. So again, Mike, Michael, thank you for being up here and. You make well. You know what? You're making me think a whole bunch of stuff. But I don't. I don't want to keep talking because, uh, yeah, oh, man. Um, introducing Dara to the stage. Dara, just to warn you, um, we're recording this room, um, so anything that you say can be taken and used as evidence against you in a court of uh, of coaching law. Um, I'm playing around, but hello, Dara. Uh, welcome to this space. Hello. Thank you. Um, well, I. 
I jumped up because when I heard you say, has anyone experienced like a transformation that changed your life? I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I felt like you were talking to me. Um, hey everybody, for those that I don't know, I was um, a timid wallflower for most of my life, you know, really, really debilitating, shy. I mean, when I, when I was little, it was like almost just a, a joke in the family that I wouldn't talk and um, kind of just became part of my personality. And then through school, I was the kid who never raised my hand and in corporate, you know, I ended up being a scientist because I thought, oh, you don't have to talk much as a scientist. But I just ended up really putting myself in awkward situations because I'd get talked over at meetings and it felt really invisible. Uh, it was really a big part of my identity. I just didn't have a purpose. I didn't have a passion. I didn't have anything. And I would have lived my entire life like that. But something interesting happened last year during the pandemic. And I don't know. I mean, I, I, I got to tell you, I would have never predicted this. But here's the quick story. So I live in California and my family lives on the East Coast. I intentionally moved far away from them because the relationship wasn't good. Um, I got a lot of my fear from my family and my parents are older. My dad turned 80 last year and and it was a hard year because, you know, he's he's tricky to get close to because he was always so distant and and because I had so much fear, I was distant too. And so both of us never connected. And I felt really bad about it. You know, I, um, the short story is that my first book I wrote wasn't very nice about things that happened when I was a kid. And, and I mentioned some things that my family did and, um, you know, not intentionally, but just some uh, emotional abuse that I thought I needed to help other people about. So now as he's turning 80, I have all this guilt, right? Of like, oh God, I can't have this book be out there. That's not complimentary. <laughs> I don't want it to end that way. And he's, you know, he's hard to get close to. You can't call him because he's deaf. He can't hear anything. And I wasn't going to fly back in the middle of a pandemic. And I was like, what do I do? And then my mom was trying to have this special birthday for him. And I wanted to do something. So I thought, let me write a book. And I was writing a book. It was just going to be a book of photographs of him and I, and just to say, thanks for being my dad, you know, but something weird happened. I was writing about fear because he lived in so much fear and I wanted to encourage him, you know, although you live in fear, I still love you. And I, I, I don't know what, like, I've heard people say this and I think it's kind of just strange because I never expected this to happen. But when you write, it takes you into a different place, right? You access your subconscious, it's cathartic and Somehow when I wrote the word fear over and over and over, I started to like visualize the letters flipping around and F-E-A-R became R-A-E-F and then it turned into this code and I'm not going to get into the whole code. But what happened was I got this message about how to overcome fear and I didn't really know what it meant. I just kept writing it and I just printed the book and gave it to my dad. But the thing is, I started thinking about it after I gave him that book and you know, you have to understand, I was extremely intimidated by everything. I was the kid that would not take chances. I had so much fear. Like it wouldn't, it would be the type of thing where I wouldn't even talk on an app like this two years ago. I was so afraid. I, I mean, I left the house, but I wouldn't talk to people for days and days. So after I wrote that book and I gave it to him and it was this beautiful moment, he liked it, but I don't think he really got the message of it. The message was more for me and the message became Oh my God, it changed, basically it changed the way I looked at fear. And I realized fear was a choice. And all of a sudden I started taking chances on like, well, what if I, I don't choose fear 
and I choose maybe taking a step towards things I want to do. And I'll tell you, I never would have anticipated it because now um, telling that story and, and that book literally got me invited to multiple TED stages and, and becoming a speaker. I mean, it was just like the world opened up and I was not someone who was destined to do that as far as I know. I mean, I guess because it happened, maybe it was destined, but it's been profound change. And the reason I tell this is because I know that if I can do it, if I can tr transform from being quiet or not assertive or timid or living in fear, I know anybody can do it. And I just want to give hope to someone who's maybe listening that if you're stuck, you know, and you just think you've gone this far, this long, life doesn't feel like it's going to change. Uh, let me tell you, it's possible. Like my dad's probably not going to change. He's set in his ways. He's 80. But I've, I've like completely turned my life in 180. Like it's old friends don't recognize me. Half of my family doesn't. They're like, what are you doing? So the, I guess the point is for me, fear was something I could flip around. And that ended up being what I called the book, flip your fear. And it was just this light. It was like a light bulb. It was like a switch went off of, oh, I could choose to listen to that fear or I can say not today. So um, I'll just keep it short. I'm getting a red bar. I hope, hope you all heard that and that it resonated with someone who needed to hear that. Um, but to me, that was the ultimate mental block was overcoming my own limitations and getting the hell out of my own way. I'm Dara. Thanks so much, guys, for listening. Dara, um, thank you very much for your share. Um, do you mind if I ask you a question about that moment when you were flipping the letters around? No, go ahead. When when you were doing that in in your mind's eye, like I I'd love for you to just just share a little bit more about that because that, that that seemed to be a bit of a powerful, really good thing that might even benefit somebody else in some other context. But when you were doing that with the letters fear and you were doing the different rearrangement of that in your mind, um, was it like you were looking at the letters in your mind through your own eyes? Were they like bouncing up and down? Were they flipping around? Were they colourful? I just want to know. That, uh, yeah. I didn't try to do it. I was frustrated because I was trying to write the book and writing is like sometimes hard for me <laughs> because I get caught up with my, you know, is this sound okay? And I start analyzing it. So I remember I took a nap because I was getting like writer's block. And I don't know if I was awake or I was in the nap state, but I started seeing the letters move around in my head like like they were floating above me. And then, I, and, I, and all I know is I opened my eyes and I saw the letters and then this message was like downloaded to me. And I thought, okay, that's interesting. But it was like persistent. And I thought maybe I should write this down. So I got up and I just started writing it. And then um, I thought, huh, I'm going to put this in the book. And so the, the corny part is I wasn't planning on telling anybody this. This was like just some dumb thing that I felt was downloaded to me. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't really think about it. I just wrote it and I gave it to my dad because I only printed one book. I wasn't like trying to think of it, you know, it was weird. So I don't, I think something happens when we're quiet and certainly when we're napping or maybe just being alone in nature, we tap into our intuition and our soul and God or whatever you call it. And it guides us. And I was clearly being guided because it was very effortless. And so um, all I could say is I kind of saw them floating around like, um, and I, you know, I wasn't what, what, on anything. Dar it just... Sorry to cut you. Where, was was the words floating directly in front of you, or was it like above you, to the left, to the right? Uh, like, you... I, well, I was laying down, and I kind of saw it, like I guess maybe ten feet in the air, and uh, okay. it was just like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, I don't. It sounds weird, but 
That's uh I'm loving Does this. that mean anything? <laughs> it mean it means a lot. Wow. So so right, and some people in the room will already know like what's going on here. So you were lying down, the words were floating about ten feet in the air above you. Were were the letters like really, really big or were they small? Were they colourful? Uh, um yeah, they were big. I don't know if I could put a colour to it. Um it was just kind of like transparent and just like this um yeah just like I, it was like as if you've seen a ghost almost it was like kind of just like floating and yeah and i didn't i don't know i, I guess i should have paid more attention yeah that's uh that's what it was and i've never had anything happen like that before so that's kind of i did you know it just i was like half sleepy and i guess i just got up and started writing it down and and then later i looked at it and i'm like i don't even know what this all means but maybe I'll just put it in the book since I'm writing the book. And it was just kind of like a afterthought of, well, now, maybe. and then after I gave him the book and I started thinking about it, I was like, that's when I started to analyze it going, maybe I should test this out on my life. You know, <laughs> So um, that's the story. Thanks everybody. Thank you for sharing Dara. Um, touching earlier on, on, on pragmatic things that, that we can do to, to, to mess with these mental blocks and and for you be, to be able to take the word fear um, and then have it floating 10 feet above you and, and flip it around like that that's, a, that's actually a quite a pragmatic thing that you did there or or it happened to you uh, and stuff that, that's pretty that's pretty cool um, and there's 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 loads there's loads of there's a couple of people in this room that probably do things like this with uh, with other things in life in terms of the way that we mentally represent things. Um, and sort of going back into this, this subject of uh, mental blocks, it's the way that we represent things in our minds. It's the way we represent things in our minds. Um, I remember a couple of um, a couple of months ago, I was in a, an NLP uh, practice group online um, with some people. And um, we were practicing a, uh, a coaching technique which is um, about how you how you change the representations in your mind uh, in order to get certain goals coming true faster. And for me, there was a certain uh, financial goal that I had in my in my mind uh, that I wanted to be making on a monthly basis. Um, and when the person who was co-coaching me um, helped me to look at my own mental representation of that particular number, that particular figure, um, I realized that the way I was representing that figure in my mind and that financial goal was very, uh, it, there, there was a feeling to it. It was cold. It was distant. It was, yeah, it was often in the distance. It was far away and very clinical and it, it didn't feel good at all. When I, when I looked at it, it was like really, really out there in the distance. And that, um, in that moment, the, co the coach didn't particularly have the skills to, to help me do something with that so in in my own mind what i did is i just pulled the the number um which was just sort of sitting there on a ledge if you like i pulled this number closer to me and i made it more fun i put some music in my own head and i i made the numbers jiggle about a bit and i made it a bit colorful and i pulled it closer to me into uh, until the feelings in myself started changing towards uh, towards the outcome. Then I made dancing clowns dance around the number, and and again, like you were saying about, about your fear thing, you know, it might sound strange, but these are the sorts of things that we can we can do with our minds to to help with these uh, sort of things, especially when you identify exactly what the mental block is. You know, sometimes that mental block can be represented by images in our mind, uh, voices in our head, feelings in our body. Um, and I know there's a couple of people in the room that 
that, that play around with these sorts of skills on a regular basis. So, Dara, thank you for being here. You're contributing massively uh, to this discussion of mental blocks and, and you've shared something that, that goes that step further. Um, just really jumping in there with the mental representation thing. It means a lot. I suppose now might be a good time because it's so emotional. It's a good time to do some mental block. Uh, no, not mental block. To do some reframe. Where am I going? Um, yes. Reframe. This is a room reframe, uh, not a reset. It's a reframe. This is the NLP Mastery and Coaching Clubhouse. Where today we're discussing overcoming mental blocks to achieve your business goals, to allow you to be able to overcome your fears and your negative impact, impactful beliefs so you can move forward to do all of the things that you want to do in life. How would you like to transform your life and get rid of all those limiting beliefs so that you can become that person that you want to become? I know I want to. So today we're just going around and we're just chatting about generally about mental blocks if anybody wishes to come to the stage um feel free to do so if you've got a question or um something you want to say to contribute to the discussion just want to get involved in the conversation feel absolutely free um i must warn you we are recording this room because there's some real um real cool stuff being said in here about a subject that i think is really really important right now because of what's going on in the world um, in terms of overcoming mental blocks. You know, how many more people in the world have mental blocks at the moment just because of, um, you know, the different impact that the world has had on them right now? Um, so, yeah, we're recording this. And if anybody wants access to the recording after this room is over, feel free to let me know. We'll do a little bit of editing, probably cut off the beginning and the end and bits and pieces in the middle and stuff. Um, and, then, and then share it out. Because, again, like the stuff that we're talking about right now, um, it's really, really important stuff. Also, if anybody's got a question or a thought and you want to share on the uh, on the back channel, um, I'm happy to look at the back. I'm looking at the back channel now. Um, okay, see yeah, one message in there. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, if anyone wants to share a message or a thought, or if any of you think that we should do this more regularly on a Saturday, um, Dina, who's in the audience, sent me a message earlier, uh, pointing out um, the fact that I, I never ever do rooms on a Saturday. I usually take Saturdays off. But now, just because of the energy in here and the fact that you guys are sitting around in here, like chatting with me and that, so blank is blinking already and Manny's topic. <laughs> um, if, if, if people in this room think that more often on a Saturday, um, that this is a useful sort of thing to do like today it's mental blocks you know we could do other things you know goal setting or i don't know positive thinking or overcoming beliefs i don't know but if this is something that you guys would like to do more often on a saturday don't know about you guys but i would be happy to commit to to being more present on a saturday today i've been on here for hours 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 just giving and just talking and just being in this energetic space and this is healthy this this this, this is healthy i feel i feel like i'm in a really healthy space right now um, and and I hope that you guys too. I, w I want this to be a space where uh, people feel that they'd rather be here rather than being in one of those those uh, sort of uh, I don't know sort of less energetic, positively spaces on Clubhouse, so on and so forth. So overcoming mental blocks. What else? What haven't we covered here? So we've talked about. Uh, we were just talking about the more specific ways that you can do um, overcoming uh, mental blocks. We've we, earlier on we were discussing. Um, we, we touched on limiting beliefs, um, and, and some of us, each of us, have sort of maybe touched a little bit on where these things come from. You know, childhood or negative experiences that we've had that have kept us stuck or whatever. But I think one of the things that we haven't touched on too much is the power of having. Uh, a, a big picture, uh, a big um, goal or objective or a thing that, that, that propels us forward. 
you know sometimes in life when you when you've got a, a big a big enough more a powerful enough a juicy enough goal or objective or aim or mission or whatever when you've got a big enough thing to move towards that mental block uh, it, it's easier easier not easy but easier to to overcome um anyone anyone on stage want to share a, a thought um let's go with our moderator blanca blanca do you have any thoughts and then i saw manny flasher as well um just around having a big picture thing that can propel you past the thing yeah definitely actually i'm just kind of went back in my memories and um just to give a bit of background i'm originally from czech republic and i've been living in london for past 12 years and originally it wasn't my idea to stay in london but somehow i ended up here and i was here with a person who i thought we are so in love it's going to last forever however nothing in a life is you know going to do that it's not going to happen and we broke up after one year and i remember my family coming over with like half full suitcases and the plan was to move me back home because you know i'm just not going to stay here it's just too much I, how i'm going to manage like my english wasn't that good i was studying back in czech republic biology i just like took a one gap year or something and i remember creating this vision that i want to work and study and i just knew it will be very difficult to do do it back home in czech republic because there are not many opportunities to do that there are many students the schools are for free but the market is oversaturated so there is a lot of competition if you want to get a job as a student and i just created this vision of doing this in london and somehow i fulfilled it i actually found a way how to work and study at the same time i did like basic jobs in a coffee shops i did my ielts exam which you need to have if english is not your first language and you want to study here in the uk and i was accepted for psychology degree and four years later i managed to complete it and this is all just because i had this grand vision of at the time becoming occupational psychologist that's somebody who like comes to companies and help them to improve the teams um but few years later I actually realized maybe i don't need to do masters as well there are like different ways but what i'm trying to say is that once i realized that there are different ways that i can get what i want that just like fired me up and i found a way how to do it and we are all so resourceful it's just sometimes about stopping all this complaining and telling ourselves all the reasons why it's not going to work out and just say i really want it and i'm going to find a way how to get it so that's blanca and i'm complete can i just say i'm a, i'm a witness to um many aspects of blanca's journey um 10 10 years ago so to oh god um, 2011 so 10 years ago i met you blanca um cracky it's our almost our anniversary because it's october it was october 10 years ago um that i i met blanca because she was uh, we started our psychology degree at the same time and she was in uh, one group of starters next in next door to my class and i remember when i when i met blanca i thought oh she's a bit quiet 
<laughs> you, you were like really quiet. You didn't speak much. You you spoke. She spoke to the people that she made an immediate connection with in her group. Um, so I saw her as um, somebody in the other group, and I, I did notice you, Blanca. But I remember thinking, hmm, she's she's well quiet. She seems friendly and stuff. And and you you'd be like hello, and then you'd keep on moving. Um, and me and me and Blanca studied um, together, and it, it was only in the fourth mainly in the fourth year of doing the degree when she was doing her research. Oh, that's why you were nice to me. You wanted me as a participant to experiment on in your psychological studies. Hmm. She, she suddenly, uh, she's like, hey, do you want to be a participant in my thing? And I remember thinking, I hate being a participant in people's studies, but um, because you're somebody who's been evasive, who I don't know who you are and that I'm going to be a participant. And I'm going to, I didn't know she was going to lock me in a room and force me to stare at a screen and do some, some task that, Oh my God, that fried my brain completely. But back then, Blanca, I remember you, <laughs> you were a quiet person. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm talking. <laughs> but that, well, that's just exactly to put this in a bit of perspective, you did exactly the same to me. We were exchanging our studies. So I wasn't torturing you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, I think my experiment was more fun than yours. I don't know. <laughs> really? Um, well, yeah. But, but what I'm saying is I, I remember you being somebody being quiet and, and all the time I've known you, you've never been somebody who sort of stands up and publicly to, or, or sits down publicly like what we're doing here now, speaking to a whole group of people. And in, in the last handful of years or so, I've seen that massive explosion of shift and change and and whatnot and i know that you've had your fair share of, of things to handle and stuff and I, just, I just want to applaud you for being somebody who i've been able to see and watch um go through shifts in in mental blocks and you know i raise an imaginary wine glass to to the times in the future where we can re um remove even more so uh blanky blanco thank you for for being up here um Cl uh Clar clarissa you've been, you've been quiet for a little while um yeah, uh, Clarissa, have you have you got any thoughts you want to add on to any of the stuff that we're saying out there now? Um, hmm. Sure. Um, I want to say Blanca. Sorry, I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, I'm, I'm, for me, this is how I learn. I'm very quiet a lot of the times because I'm very observant. But you may not know it now because you just met me, but I am usually the, what they call the Mexican jumping bean because I'm very, I'm full of energy. If you check my social media pages, that's all you get, pure energy. But that's usually my persona. But, you know, new environment, just trying to feel everybody out and try to figure out where I fit. <laughs> then again, I don't try to fit in. I, am, I was born to stand out. But um, as it relates to what you guys were just saying, for me, you know, a lot of people, especially, I'll just narrate down to what is happening in the world right now. A lot of people are labeling what the world is transitioning into and calling it a pandemic. So I came across this quote that says, what you label a thing or what you call a thing is what it will be. We tend to look at this situation. We look at what is happening, this transition, this shift in on the earth right now, we're calling it a pandemic. And when we call something a pandemic, it's close to the word panic. Whereas if you look at the word, the letter that comes before P, it's O, it's opportunity. Instead of trying to inflict fear, instead of trying to panic over life, because life happens, this is life, all of this is a part of life. It just so happens that everybody is going through it. However, when we stop to look at it as an opportunity versus a pandemic, we allow ourselves to open more doors that we didn't realize we were given access to. And 
for me, like when I started, because this this is an annual event that I'm doing. And when I first started it, people were like, oh, my God, you're in the middle of a pandemic. Why are you giving away um, all of your, your proceeds, et cetera, et cetera? Because the, the, even though we're having this summit to, you know, empower, motivate and coach, we also donate the proceeds to um, the causes that we support. And people were like, are you crazy? Da, 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 da. And I'm like, no, I'm not crazy. What it is is that we're looking at it in a different I'm just looking at life. I'm looking at this whole situation in a different perspective. We think that because someone labeled it something that we have to adapt that label. We don't have to. We have the power of choice. And in understanding that the power and understanding our power within, then that is when we start to move forward in accomplishments. That is when we start to move forward into success because we are moving to our own beat and not on the beat of what someone else is projecting on us or forcing us into. So, you know, for me, I look at the letter before P. So I look at opportunity instead of a pandemic. And as I said, the quote says, what you label a thing is what it will be. We have the power to say what we want our life to be. And in saying or thinking on what we want our life to be, then our actions will automatically slowly yet go through the process and replicate what we're thinking. We are co-creators. We have the power to do. We have the power to create. So if we're going to say something is what it is, or what we want to call it, then that is what it's going to be. If you're going to call it a gift, then it's going to be a gift. If you're going to call it a lesson, then that is what it will be. If you call it a failure, then that is what it will be, a failure. We have the opportunity to decide how we move going forward. We have the opportunity to decide, hey, is this really going to be a mental block for me, or am I, go or am I going to learn or try to win from this opportunity? So that is my piece, and I'm Clarice, and I'm done speaking. I want anyone in this room right now who has an energetic love for Clarissa and everything that she just said, just join me in this moment because, damn, what you just said about pandemic, being really close to the word panic. Wow. <laughs> I know I'm not alone right now. I'm not, I know I'm not alone right now. I felt emotions in my body. When you said that, I was just like, oh, Damn, she landed and she's only just started talking. Damn. Wow. The words, the power of words. Thank you so much, Clarissa, for being that. I love that. There's actually some science that would support um, exactly what you just said about the word pandemic being so close to the word panic. Because that's exactly what the bloody word does, doesn't it? It instills panic in people's hearts. Bloody hell, crikey. This is very rare. I'm lost for words. Crikey. Yeah, it, it also goes back to the book, As a Man Thinketh. So as you... Mm what you will be as a man think it so is he. so if you're thinking something negative if you're thinking something is gonna happen happen terribly that is what it will be because you already said it will be so you may not have said it out loud but your mind your subconscious mind is playing in the background and it's registering that all the time that hey this is what she said she wanted this is what he said he wanted so this is the way we're going to perceive it this is how we're going to receive the information right now a lot of people around this world are not realizing that they are in a mental block because of what they received from social media 
because of what they're receiving from the news. The news said, hey, so many such and such people is dying from COVID and we're in the middle of an economic pandemic. We're in the middle of this pandemic. And a lot of people are taking that on. They're not looking at what's happening directly in front of them. They're taking on the weight of the world based on what the influencers, based on what the media is saying. And we have the opportunity within ourselves to take account for ourselves because when we start to take account for ourselves, our thoughts, our words, our action, that is how we show up for others. Because that's what the media is doing. They're telling you what they want you to think. And it's a subliminal message that we don't even realize that we're receiving. So it is within the power of our thoughts, then to our words, then to our action. Oh man. Oh man. Oh man, we're gonna have to start paying you for everything that you say because it's too valuable. Ah God. Manny, you got any thoughts right now? Oh my God. Uh, what can I say? What can I add to Akersha? I mean, her name is Clarity. She's Clarity. That's what her name is. And that's what she's bringing to us. She just blew everybody away with that pandemic and panic. Oh my God. And that goes to our unconscious, to our neurology, and we're being constantly reinforced by the media and with the insanity of people and what stuff uh, going around us. And it's shifting us to that. It's being like sort of neurologically programmed within us, within our essence of this insanity that we are going through, this isolation, this uh, and then at the same time, it's bringing that pandemic is bringing opportunity, you know, like opportunity to like reach out to really reset and see what is really important to us. And uh, I'm like, sort of like, I don't, I cannot add more to uh, Croatia. I mean, that was beautiful. I just want to add one more thing about being stuck, you know, and all these embeds and uh, confluences into that, you know, like, uh, being stuck, you know, and these uh, messages from outside the pandemic and our own state of mind and all that. But one of the things, uh, you know, uh, was echoed in my mind, this quote, the problem is not the problem. So the problem is not the problem. It's the state that we are in is the problem. So is that like personal state that the way we look at the map, the way we look at outside, you know, if you feel uncomfortable, if you feel something's wrong, that's a signal. That's an SOS. That's a spontaneous ongoing signal. It's an SOS from your unconscious. Hey, wake up. I'm trying to send you messages, but you are putting me down, conscious. So your conscious needs to lessen and bow down sometimes. So unconscious and your internal feelings. Know thyself. And those things are very important to get to that state and when you see something's wrong, change that state. And then you have the messages. If you just like listen to your internal body, to your own internal signal, to your unconscious, and like, just like be quiet and that self dialogue, you know, just like say, you know, uh, I'm fine. Everything's good. Let me listen to myself. Let, let me like put this insanity of thinking the self dialogue, destructive self dialogue away and change my own state and maybe when you change your own state, you will change that stuckness. You know, maybe it's going to overcome that mental block to achieve your business, your goal, while you are here. Manifest yourself. Money is out. Oh, man. <laughs> Money's on fire as well. Oh, my days. Do you know what? This has been the happiest, what, four hours of, of my um 
of 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 my of my I don't know. I don't want to say of 2021. I've had many great, but this is just one of the happiest. I'm loving this moment. Um, there are things that have been said today that I will never forget. And this vibe that we've got here today, I'll never forget. And I'm already sitting here thinking, crikey, what, next Saturday, same time, same place, just to come and hang out and and reason and just be in this sort of energetic space and just and just do what it is we do and and share what it is we share. Um, exactly what Manny, what you just said about um, it's, it's not the problem, it's the state. Exactly that. We're we're exactly on the same page with that. Um, uh, definitely. And oh my God, cracky! Look, you guys are making me lose. I'm lost for words. Can somebody take over? I can't. I can't talk right now. I'm just too overwhelmed with happiness. I'm. I'm I ain't kidding. I'm feeling so positive right now. Um, blank. Um, oh, oh, sorry. Who wants to? Can I just um, add something else before you refer the room? So as, as, as you were talking about state, the other thing that came to me is that, you know, in business, we always say location, location, location. That is one of the first things that we think about location when we're going to set up a business, when we're starting a business. But we never stop to think about in our personal life, the location, where we planted, what environment have we placed ourselves in? Because that also feeds our state. If we place ourselves in an environment where there is chaos and, and trauma and troubles, that is how that is, is automatically going to be rolled onto us. And then we don't stop to think about that. Whereas if we put ourselves, you know, or surround ourselves with the type of people who are growing, who are constantly, you know, empowering and adding value, that is that automatically tri trickles down to us as well. So our state where we're planted, you know, the environment that we place ourselves in is very, very important. I can tell you, like for me, I used to live in an environment, mind you, they were my family, but I lived in an environment where there was constant arguing. There was always someone fussing over something, you know, petty stuff. And I realized that that was affecting my state. So when I moved, I literally moved on the other side of the country. And I was like, it's when I got into my own space where I could actually hear my own thoughts, process my own thoughts, was when I realized, yo, that was not, that was not a part of me. That was something that was being put on me because of where I positioned myself, where I was located. So that's something that I just want to say, you know, you guys, we have to remember our location. And that's not just for business. It's talking about your physical space, as in where are you putting yourself versus, you know, just thinking that, hey, even if I put myself in this crazy chaotic space, I can actually control it. If it's more than one individual or an, a complete environment that is chaotic, you have to have the strength to remove yourself because that actually affects your state. Damn. I'm just sitting here relaxing right now. Just sitting here relaxing, just sitting here relaxing. Um, Blanca, are you, are you with us? Yep, oh. I'm here. Hello. <laughs> Blanca, I'm just passing over to you for a moment, just as I uh, do something here. Oh, uh, okay. Um, I'm not really up to speed right now. I literally just came back from the kitchen with my dinner. So apologies. Uh, um, what, can yeah, you... what are you having for dinner? I'm um, just some soup and falafel. <laughs> Oh my lord! Oh, you're making me hungry. I was I was literally thinking a moment ago. What am I gonna have? What am I gonna have? What am I gonna have for dinner? Are you thinking for the last hour? What am I gonna have for dinner? I need to make a decision soon. Otherwise, my tummy will decide for me. Um, uh, it's all right. Like, I'll leave you there to to, to munch away for a moment. <laughs> Sorry, apologies. Um, I'm just. 
<laughs> no, you're right. A question for everybody in the room, and you don't have to answer out loud or send a message or come to the stage or anything, but you can if you want to. What could you do right now or within the next few minutes that could help you to change your state? That could help you to change the way that you feel right now? What could you do within the next minute or two that could help you to change your state and the way that you feel so that you can, whether it's be more relaxed or chilled out or just whatever, whatever mood or state might be useful for you right now. Uh, right now, uh, Blanca just mentioned uh, that she's about to have some really nice food and I'm sitting here really relaxed as I allow my, my, my body to relax because I, I, I'm going to have to make a decision in a moment um, so I can stuff my face as well. Uh, so I've got images in my mind of Blanca with a plate in front of her, like sharing, uh, sharing, a, a, sorry, sorry, stuffing her face. Sorry. So I'll get distracted by the back channel as well. What could you do right now to change your state? Whether that's go for a walk or stand up for a moment and just stretch parts of you that need to be stretched. Um, it could be put on, put on a piece of music that would help you to change your state. You know, what could you do within the next minute or two that could allow you to change your state? Room reframe. Hello, welcome. This is the NLP Mastery and Coaching Clubhouse. Um, and thank you to the person on the back channel who's just sent me a video of exactly how they're chilling right now. Nice work. Crikey, getting involved, getting stuck in. Um, this is the NLP Mastering Coaching Clubhouse. Um, myself, Darren, uh, Blanca, Clarissa, Michael and Manny are just here on stage just having a chat about overcoming mental blocks uh, and whatnot. And this is to achieve your business goals or personal goals, but sort of sort of same really, but I thought I'd give it a, a focus. Um, I'm going to close this room down in a bit just so I can allow my chilled self to go off and decide what it is I'm having for dinner. It's um, coming up to 8pm here in London in the UK. Um, for those of you that have enjoyed um, this room today, enjoyed being in the space, please, um, I, I invite all feedback, um, complaints, suggestions, um, or even if you say, hey, that was a great room, um, I'd love you to do that again uh, next week. More than happy, um, more than happy to do that. At the moment, my, my commitment to doing these sorts of rooms is really just grounded in the, 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 the solid fact that right now, more than ever, the world, many people in the world need, need things like this. We need help and we need to help each other. You know, the people that are on the stage now, apart from Blanca, who I, I know in real life, everyone on the stage, we're all complete strangers right now. But we were sharing this moment and the, the fact that we're sharing information and sharing knowledge and sharing how we might go about um, uh, shifting any mental blocks that we, we, we you know, we, you might have or we might have or whatever. This is a really cool thing. More sharing, more more stuff like this. So just some last thoughts um, from those of you who have joined the stage. Hello, um, uh, Dr. Alice Duncan. Hello and welcome. Um, we've got about seven minutes left, so uh, I'll just be mindful of the time. Um, hello, doctor. Hi, Darren. Thank you very much. I'll be very brief because I'm also about to have um, a meal. I'm speaking to you from Yorkshire um, in England. So, yes, I'm about to have my meal as well. But I felt compelled to come to the stage and just share 
um, some of the resonance, um, in particular what Clarissa was saying. I joined the room um, a bit late and um, I've not been in this room before, but it's been an amazing um, experience and there's been so much resonance here. What I wanted to briefly talk about, and as, as I was listening, um, I was processing that myself, is my um, mental, my mental block is really to do with um, money. And I have trained as a medical doctor in Jamaica, came and worked in England. And of course, it was not the thing um, to think about money here, because, of course, the health service here is publicly funded. Um, and so and so it has always been an issue for me to think about money outside of that in whatever else I do. And I'm also um, an investor. Um, and what what actually was resonating for me so much throughout the discussion is that, in fact, the pandemic has definitely provided opportunities for me. Um, I was able to work from home. I'm a psychiatrist for most of that time. And I've had much more time to reflect. And actually, as my purpose became more focused during this period, I realized actually that my relationship with um, money and the mental block is slowly dissipating. And I think it's because now there's a bigger picture. So when Darren mentioned about you know, the bigger picture um, can help you to overcome that block. I'm thinking that's exactly what's happening because I think previously I've always had an issue if I think, well, mm, you're making enough, you're okay. So, you know, you really shouldn't be harassing, not harassing, you really shouldn't be chasing your tenants for the money. Somebody is always doing that, but it's always made me feel so uncomfortable. But as my goal and purpose has become much more defined and I know where that is going, so it's, not, it's no longer about just me and my survival, I have become far more comfortable um, with that. So I was just thinking about that as everyone was talking and I wanted to share that. Alice and I'm done. Oh, Alice, thank you very much for, um, for sharing and thank you very much for, uh, for hopping up onto the stage. Uh, again, it means a lot. Um, when people come up here and they contribute stuff that takes it on, on a whole nother level and well done for, for doing the whole working from home thing. Do you know what I did? The working from home thing, I did it when the pandemic concert happened from March of last year until April, April of this year, I did it for a whole year, but then cracky. I, I, yeah, the job that I was doing was too stressful and it was just too much to be doing. So I was telling a story earlier on. I just, I just had to leave it behind in order to transform my stuff. So, so definitely. And with the big picture stuff, um, thank you for coming up and confirming that that's that's a thing for you as well, and and the importance of that. Thank you for being there. Um, right, so we're in. We are in the last couple of minutes, uh, just before closing this room down. Um, and I'm starting to get envious, uh, and this is not a good state to be in. Of all of these people getting dinner, breakfast, lunch, whatever's going on in the world here, and it's 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 coming up to eight p.m. here in the, in the UK. So it's about time I get my dinner. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I, I just want to thank everyone in this room for, the, for those of you who've been in here for the whole uh, duration and those of you who've just come in here more nearer to the end. Um, next week, we are doing a room and we're going to, um, I'm not sure what time it's going to be, uh, and I don't want to say time zones right now, but around about the same time as we've been doing rooms today. And we're really going to be focusing on the subject of limiting beliefs just limiting beliefs. I've been very specific now about a type of mental book, limiting beliefs. Um, and yeah, just having a, a general discussion around that. 
um, there'll be myself and other people in the room that work around that subject and with that subject and on that subject and underneath that subject and in front of that subject and behind that subject, limiting beliefs. Um, these rooms aren't really intended to be a one-on-one -on -one coaching, get up on stage and we'll coach your life for you or whatever. But uh, the hope is, the intention is that through discussion and sharing um, knowledges and skills and thoughts and stories and whatnot, um, the hope is that um, maybe other people in the room will be inspired to find their own ways to do things and whatnot. So I really thank you all for being here. It means so much and it's added so much to my day uh, energetically. Um, but I think it would add more energy to my day if I went and yam some food or something. But in the meantime, everybody, take care. Um, and thank you uh, to Blanca and Clarissa for, for sticking around and adding. Thank you to Michael and Manny for really contributing to this discussion. Thank you to those of you who have been in the room. Thank you to the person in the audience whose name I shan't say, who sent me a video on Instagram um, saying this is how I'm chilling right now and they are on a swing thing swinging around staring up at the sky uh, at the trees above that was a, that was a really beautiful video um, thank you for sharing that uh, that made me smile um, so yeah um, it's a goodbye from me and um, goodbye from me bye Darren thank you so much for your energy for your room for positive uh infrastructure you provide for everybody that we learn something we grow together and we exchange awesome information really thank you and everybody thank you yeah absolutely i just need to resonate with this i mean darren thank you for creating such an awesome space for all of us to just get together and share some insights some experiences and hopefully inspire people out there thank you for being amazing you and everybody else lovely to meet you bye guys Thank you as well, Darren. Thank you for the opportunity to serve. This has been such an awesome Saturday for me because I was wondering, am I really just going to be about me today? But coming onto Clubhouse and getting introduced to this room was definitely the opportunity to serve. So thank you, thank you. And thank you for everybody. You guys are absolutely awesome. Thank you for being vulnerable enough to share so that each and every one of us can learn and be inspired. Also, uh, thank you, everyone. It's been great to hear so many people and speak to everyone. Uh, thank you again, Darren, and uh, yeah, hopefully speak to you all soon. Thank you, um, Darren, as well for um, creating this room, and thanks to everyone who have shared. I have certainly um, learned um, a lot, and thank you very much. Bye. Oh man, you guys pour it into me. That that, that feels so lovely. But I'm going to go off and have some Nepalese food now. I've decided. <laughs> um, thanks, everyone. Take care. Bye bye.